You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Now plug yourself in the ass. It's the time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Go Fringe Yourself, Go Plugs Yourself Fringe Sideshow, I guess. Uh, we're continuing on with Holly Brinkman. That's me. Nailed it. With a woman's guide to peeing outside and other stories. That's yeah. your other show. adventures. Other, other adventures. Yeah. Other adventures. Uh, Holly, you came from Victoria. I did. To come yeah. See so like, this is our. This is our. Your, I think our fourth episode with our out of towners. Uh, we've had yes. people from Toronto. We've people from Australia. I think you might be one of our first BC guests, almost ever. Nice. That's exciting. <laughs> so, hooray! Yay! Uh, reading. I was reading a little bit about your bio. So you're a a fringe. I guess like fanatic turned performer. Yeah, well, I mean, I, um, I started as a volunteer right. here at the Montreal Fringe, actually, okay. five years ago. Okay. And then, uh, since then, I've worked for, uh, I worked one year for the Montreal Fringe and three years for the Victoria Fringe. Okay. Um, because, I mean, when I moved to Victoria, I didn't really know anybody, and mm-hmm. then the contacts across the way like, right. got me a job, and then <laughs> it's just been such a great community, like, across Canada, yeah. you have this wonderful family. So. Cool. Yeah, and then <laughs> I have kind of always thought, like, why well, I, I should write a show, and then... Last year, I actually, I actually did it. Cool, and now you're here in Montreal, <laughs> and, doing it. and that's the thing. Uh, so, I mean, your your story, uh, your story, your show is a storytelling show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they are they. Um, one of them, I guess, is about peeing outside. Um, is there? Is this like a combination of a bunch of stories that you wrote? Like, I guess you probably have storytelling nights. I'm assuming and stuff in Victoria, like we do here in Montreal. That you. Or is this like a greatest hits? Are these all original pieces? Or well, was, um, what was your like writing process so to, to get to the stories you're telling? Totally. Um, Confabulation just started in Victoria. Okay. So I performed a story at their flagship night, uh, like in the fall of last year. Okay. And uh, it was a story that I'd kind of I told before at Smut Slam, and their first night. Confabulation was like firsts. So okay. I told this like losing my virginity story that okay. I've told before. Um, and then, so that's in my show, that mm-hmm. story, but sort of worked in around the framework. And then, I don't know, I was um, at a friend's house one night and we were just like swapping funny stories. Mm-hmm. And I realized that a lot of my funny stories all involve me getting into like weird situations where I've really had to pee, pee and, and <laughs> just like how okay. I've managed to make it work when there's no bathroom around and right. you're a girl and it's always a bit more complicated. Um, so, so like the, the, the pee thing is a theme. Yeah. It's, it's not just like, it's not just one of the stories. No, it kind of holds the whole show together. <laughs> okay. Um, so a woman's guide to peeing outside is this, um, this is the sort of theatrical framework. It, okay. It, this is the artificial part of the show. That's mm-hmm. not my stories from growing up their pee stories are mine but um i've supposedly written this book that's like a bestseller around the world called a woman's guide to peeing outside and so the show is a why haven't you written that book yet i I wrote the show (laughs) and now i have to write the book step two book step two book or at least like a little zine Mm -hmm. um with kooky diagrams and good merch yeah i know (laughs) i keep so the show has adapted and i'm i would love to Hopefully, by the time I'm at the Victoria Fringe, I'll have my <laughs> little zine have a ready. Little zine. It'll be, be ready. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of the framework that ties everything together, and then it's this my coming of age story um, mm-hmm. is the long form story in between. Okay, yeah. so so like I said, so it is I guess autobiographical mm-hmm. and loosely tied together. Like I mean, so I guess uh, if I'm just picturing it in my head, like those would be you have like the like the tips or whatever, or like the books, and then you have the stories 
I guess, sequentially to your coming of age to now. Yeah, and it's kind <laughs> of um, my director and I sort of played with the idea of a TED Talk gone wrong or like a book tour right. where the speaker kind of keeps going off on these personal memory tangents mm-hmm. that get every once in a while kind of theatrical and surreal and and then gets brought back to just talking about the book and trying to get people to buy the book. And okay, so I guess, um, so basically to tie that with what I was sort of thinking of earlier, so I guess these were, uh, I mean, obviously they're all true stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how how hard was it to find the through line, I guess, so the, the P line? Yeah, so <laughs> You know, because I, I, I mean, like, you always have, like, I mean, like I said, I've done done a bit of storytelling and a bunch of storytelling shows and stuff. It's like, you it's you always, they're about you, so, like, the, the line is, like, sequential. It's, like, it's easy to mm-hmm. be, like, I could put them in order, but then you're, like, I want to wrap this up and maybe, like, say something or about, like, a lesson that I've kind of learned. Like, how, was that, like, something difficult that you sort of had to struggle? Because you have these stories and you're, like, okay, now what? <laughs> you're, like, I know I can fill up this airtime <laughs> with these stories, but is it a, a point, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I did a preview um, in Victoria, like just a reading of my rough rough script that I'd kind of thrown together really okay. quickly, and uh, it was very jumping around, mm-hmm. and the transitions between like P stories and long form story were very abrupt and right. quite. Um, I heard from audience members a little bit jarring, yeah. but I was kind of enjoying that, like as a creator, that sort of split and a little bit of the. Yeah. Like that it is a bit jarring, but then, um, when we kind of looked at that piece and then that reading and realized like how cool this would be if we actually framed it around like a TED talk gone wrong or a, and so that when we had that kind of idea, then taking pieces from the stories and tying them into the book and really making the book the framework. Yeah. And then finding these moments where we could tie my, my coming of age story into the book cool. really made the whole thing sort of come together. way more cohesive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, come together. And then it was really fun because I could play with this character who's on a book tour yeah. and then my own voice. And so I can jump back and forth between character and my own yeah, voice. Yeah, and yeah, those yeah, moments yeah. were really fun to find that and cool. play with that. And, then, and you said, is this your <clears throat> this is your first, I guess, long form show? I mean, if you've done mm-hmm. storytelling nights that you've performed before, but this is your first big thing. How was that? Was that like, Daunting, totally daunting, <laughs> terrifying, just totally outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, I, don't know, I mean, like I, um, in like a good way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, definitely like the few weeks leading up to coming out here, mm-hmm. uh, like woke up at like three o'clock in the morning, like cold sweat. It's like, like Montreal. What have I it's like Montreal's like your first first one. Yeah, too, so you haven't done anywhere. Okay. Yeah, so my my opening. But we're night so welcoming was, here. Yeah, Come on. and I because I lived here for so long, and I started out here mm-hmm. um, as a, as a staff member. Like, I don't think I've had a night yet where I didn't have a familiar friend or a loved one in the audience to like be okay. my touchstone Which so nice. it was good it's it's <laughs> been a um like challenging and scary but also like a, feels like a safe yeah. safe place for cool. me to develop how this. did you how did you make that jump like how um like, I mean it's a big thing <laughs> you know like like to go from I mean are you uh, 45 or an hour or it's an hour yeah, yeah. so to go from like I guess like usually like 10 minutes to an hour you know like less than Ten and under to a full hour, like, how, how was it just like you woke up one day and you're like, no, I'm doing, gonna go like and do a big 
thing or, well, or you started to like accumulate your body of work and you had like a bunch of stories or like how organic was it or did you like set out one day and you're like I'm gonna do it uh no I it was really like a it was like a I've been thinking about it working for fringe it's hard to not work for fringe and see all these shows and not be totally inspired by everything right. that people be are like, making Where do I, like, I should do this <laughs> how would I do this uh yeah. and so the Victoria fringe last year I was chatting with some fringe artists and some friends and um, I got quite drunk one night and I just like got home and applied to a bunch of fringes <laughs> I could do this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I think, um, it was actually John Bennett. He was like, nobody has anything written when they apply to a fringe. They yeah. just get accepted and then they write something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well I can apply. And then if I get in, I'll yeah. write something. <laughs> and so it's fair. Yeah. Like piecing, definitely using stories I've told before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard. I thought it would be so much easier to. Like, I lived it. I yeah, wrote yeah, yeah, yeah. it. It should have been easier to put in my brain. But the memorizing and, like, getting it down was actually <laughs> no, I get, quite I daunting. I can definitely <laughs> – I feel I feel that. Because, like I said, I mean, I've done, uh, like, my – most of my, like, speaking is podcasting. Like, I, I've done like, – between the two different shows, we have, like, 130 episodes of each. So it's, like, 200 hours of me talking to people. So I'm like, it's okay. And then uh, just the spring, I did um, Isle of France uh, mm-hmm. uh, and – blank on his name yarn i did yarn uh and i was just sort of like you could tell a story i was like sure i can and then just like said yes and then i was like oh shit i need to do this <laughs> so it sounds like a lot like that process he was like he was like you can talk like i've been on your podcast it's not a problem and then i was like oh no wait hang on but standing up and telling a story is a different thing so i guess you did that with a friend show yeah <laughs> where you were just like i'm doing it and then you're just like no you're doing it now <laughs> yeah and it's such a different process from like swapping stories with friends and you often tell the same stories in similar ways but then to like write them down and turn them into a script is such a different process and I was finding since the bulk of the writing that I've done is academic Mm -hmm. stuff from undergrad when I was writing out these stories I kept falling into this academic voice and not my own natural like not a way that like quippy yeah so and then I would read it out and I was like oh my god this is so stilted like what have I done did you any uh, uh, interesting question that I've asked a lot of um, a lot of storytellers? Uh, is there any stories that you ha- that aren't in your repertoire of stories you tell to your friends? Because that's like I always find those are some of the more interesting things to see when you watch a storyteller to say like telling a story that like where they're literally like even if it's not a secret if it's just something mm-hmm. that they're not. It, like as like I said, you all have your regular bar stories where you can like you you know where the you know where the like applause breaks are yeah. and like when laughters are going to hit like, like you know those ones but then it's like oh this is a story of the thing that happened that I haven't told anyone before and like are there any of those and was that like yeah I think it's it's usually the ones that are that hit a little closer to home mm-hmm. deal with my insecurities or um, you know self-consciousness growing up um, and the the real struggles that I that I had in high school yeah. and um those are the ones that, I mean, you don't tell those at a story, the ones that like really hit like, oh, yeah. right, close to home, <laughs> the like bullying and self-consciousness stories. And yeah. I, um, a friend of mine from high school, like after seeing my preview, mm. she was like, you always seem so confident that I never <laughs> knew that you struggled like the rest of us. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> and so that was really cool yeah. to, um, play around with me yeah. showing but, those more like tender vulnerable yeah. like ooh, and were those like hard because you're like you don't know like the beats of that story yet you know like you don't know where there'll be a reaction you don't know like like 
was that like interesting to I guess like when you're when you're coming up with it, you're like, how does this story actually like how does it land on an audience when I'm telling this for the first time? Like, yeah, and wondering if this experience is a relatable experience yeah. or or um, yeah, it was really an interesting process and having to like sit with stuff and be like, I know how I feel about this. How do I convey to the audience how I feel about <laughs> this? Was a really interesting process. Cool. Uh, I guess. Um, so far, you said you said you have been a couple of friendly faces and stuff in the audience. Has that helped, or is that like a hindrance? Like to look out there and see someone in the audience that you know is that something that like you can like okay I can anchor I'm telling you that story or are you like oh crap this is a person I really know? <laughs> no, mostly um, the the friends that have come to see the show have all been like really supportive, and I know that they're really supportive, yeah. and um, so it's been kind of exciting. And a lot of the times. Um, the friends that have been in uh, the audience are like indirectly involved in the okay. stories. So I think it, it's fun for them to, um, like be like, Oh shit, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was in that story. <laughs> I fell off that teeter totter. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's always, it's always good when you hear, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the show, uh, uh, party, party, some, it's on vice TV. They do like an animated show. It's called like part Kings of party or party Kings, mm. or party uh, gods. Yeah. Anyway, it's, just various people who tell, uh, just have like stories of like their craziest party that they've been to, and it's like celebrities. <laughs> That's and hilarious. Yeah, it's 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 great. And then it's uh, like these independent animators who animate it. Oh, fun! Yeah, yeah, it's really really good. But uh, just when you think of like that, like on that show on Vice, uh, Eric Andre told uh, told the story of being out of his mind high here at JFL, and I was like, I was there. Oh I was my like, God. I was like, that was Theater St. Catherine, <laughs> and like, and Eric Andre was out of his fucking mind. <laughs> like, so yeah, it's, it's always so kind of fun when you're yeah. like watching a story happen and you're like, oh, I have like a point of reference. So that must be, yeah. I guess, if everybody, you know, or, or not if everybody, but if you're, if you're, if you're familiar with Holly on a personal level, you might be in some of the stories. That's yeah. like an extra bonus. But otherwise, the, uh, the your turnouts have been pretty good. They've or? been pretty good. I mean, I've been um, sort of averaging like fifteen to twenty, so okay, that's, that's like good. not too bad. And I'm a relative unknown, and yeah. the pompette space is really nice. Like with. 15 it still feels like a yeah. good crowd because everybody can be kind of right up against okay. at the That's front good. and this is the first time i've ever performed storytelling or anything in a venue where i can like look in the eyes of every person and see the faces <laughs> of every person so yeah. it's, that's been really interesting um to not get like derailed by people's expressions and yeah. <laughs> reactions and stuff but, like sometimes it you like can feed off of it but other times you're like well, they hated that. Or yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe they didn't. And their <laughs> face just makes it seem like they hated that. I, yeah. Like the flip side of that is obviously I'm, I'm much more an audience member typically. But uh, I always, I, I have like the reverse anxiety of when like when a storyteller or performer like ends up like looking directly at me. I'm like, oh no, what do I do? You know? <laughs> like, like I'm like, I don't want to derail them. Like I don't want to like you look the deer away in the headlights or, thing. Like, or, or laugh too much or not laugh or like whatever. Like I just re- like – and. It was someone I know, so it was even worse. The, the one of the shows we were at the uh, on Friday, the pounding nails into uh, the, the floor, floor with, with my forehead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the performers who I knew, like, literally did the entire monologue, like, staring directly at me. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, what do I do? I was like, oh god. I was like, I don't want to throw him off because I was like, for, like, clearly he's like, for some reason, has anchored his eyes there like so for some reason it's helping him like mm-hmm. he, he has the choice to look away he's the performer <laughs> but i'm like Trapped. i don't i don't want to mess you up man <laughs> i was like you're doing a good job and I'm gonna give you a little thumbs up like a proud mom it's like a something. tractor beam and yeah. you're like <laughs> yeah good job everybody uh that's yeah <laughs> exactly that's it but it's about to be pretty so yeah i try to like 
scan, not like lock in <laughs> too hard on, on one, one person. person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so I guess <clears throat> the last thing you usually do to close up the episodes are uh, to give us your 30-second uh, Fringe Park pitch. Mm. So to wrap up the show in 30 seconds, go. Uh, my show is about growing up in rural BC, and it spans my life, so personal storytelling show, but around the framework of all the many trials and tribulations I've got myself into trying to pee outside as a woman. It's complicated. <laughs> cool. Uh, and I guess other than uh, A Woman's Guide to Peeing Outside and Other Adventures, what other shows would you recommend to our listeners? Um, last night, my friends and I went and saw DK Reinemer's, uh Help, I'm American, and okay. it was so funny. I, like, my mouth and face was tired from smiling and laughing, <laughs> so that was really great. Um, and I saw Things Drugs Taught Me, okay. which was a lovely sort of experience storytelling show two mm-hmm. storytellers that just work beautifully together and i just thought it was like a really tender intimate little piece and illustrated lady so mm-hmm. sophie postcoteau she's also mm-hmm. at pompette yep and her piece is personal storytelling but with this tattooing performance art piece that's so heartfelt and wonderful cool. yeah uh, so this episode comes out on june 13th so what shows do you have left i have a friday saturday show okay. left so uh friday at seven mm-hmm. and saturday at nine okay so those are my last two oh. and we're at pompette which is really just across the street here so. sweet yeah thanks for coming out you're quite welcome awesome <laughs> Those sweet, sweet piano tunes you're listening to right now come courtesy of Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude. Oh man, that was some great podcasting, wasn't it? Anyhow, be sure as always to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on iTunes, buy our stuff, and basically try as hard as you can to make us happy in every single way possible. Uh, of course, be sure to check back every day on 9to5.cc for comics on Wednesdays, podcasts on Thursdays, Scott or Sophie's art on Fridays, and seriously, we'll try as hard as we can to get Zombies and Loathing, Fuck Mondays, and Templars back as soon as we can. Thanks for listening, everyone. 9to5.cc We're not working, why should you?